Good afternoon, everyone. Kurt Everson here on the banks of the mighty Missouri River, bringing you my third update on happenings at the 2020 legislature. As predicted uh, previously, the pace of posting new bills increased considerably as the January 30th deadline for unlimited bill introductions approached. By the time legislators boogied out of town Thursday afternoon to enjoy four days back home at their day jobs and with their families, the bill total had reached 365. More certainly will come next week. New bills introduced this week include Senate Bill 104, which would limit entitlement to mechanics liens. Brought by Senator Gary Kamak, a Republican from Union Center, SB 104 seeks to restrict the ability of a contractor or subcontractor performing work on a public highway or roadway to place mechanics liens against real property abutting the road. That restriction would only apply if the improvement to the roadway is undertaken principally for the benefit of a private entity that does not own the abutting property. If you're wondering what is driving the introduction of, House, of uh, Senate Bill 104, think pipelines. Cases apparently exist where some contractors or subcontractors doing road work in conjunction with a pipeline project have had problems collecting prompt payment from the pipeline company and have chosen to file mechanics liens against adjoining property to gain leverage. Senator Kamak's bill seeks to get landowners whose property happens to adjoin a pipeline route out of the middle of those situations. Senate Bill 110 provides Legislative Research Council access to tax returns. Brought this year by Senator Reynold Nesaba, a Democrat from Sioux Falls, SB 110 seeks to add the Director of the Legislative Research Council to an existing list of government officials who can access taxpayer returns and records held by the South Dakota Department of Revenue. This measure would grant the LRC Director access to tax returns for the purpose of preparing and submitting revenue projections or for estimating the fiscal impact of bills, amendments, resolutions, voter initiatives, or referendums. Senate Bill 110 is similar in intent to a pair of measures opposed by the SDBA last session. Those were House Bill 1265 and House Bill 1135, and which were voted down in the House State Affairs Committee. Once this bill's been assigned to a committee, I'll be sending an email asking bankers to contact every committee member urging a no vote on SB 110. Taxpayers in this state have a right to a substantial measure of privacy. Fiscal researchers and economists, in my opinion, do not need to access individual taxpayer records to do their work. Senate Bill 148 is the Uniform Financial Power of Attorney Act. Senator Jeff Partridge, a Republican from Rapid City, brings this work product of the National Conference of Commissioners on Uniform State Laws before the South Dakota Legislature in 2020. A similar bill was introduced in 2018, opposed by the SDBA and ultimately defeated. SDBA's concerns are centered in a couple of key areas. 
First, we have concerns about changes in the process of contesting a power of attorney, especially regarding who would be granted legal standing to contest a POA. Second, we are concerned that a banker would be unable to refuse to act on a POA under this proposal, even if the principal, subject to the POA, would be financially disadvantaged by following the terms of the POA. Our reading of Section 19 of SB 148 holds that as long as a POA was prepared in a form compliant with this new act, a banker who refused to act on the POA out of concern for their customers' financial well-being would be subject to lawsuit and could be held liable for payment of the plaintiff's attorney fees. No doubt some attorneys disagree with our view. In order to enable us to best voice banker concerns about this act, Mr. Kennecke and I need to be able to point to real-life situations where bankers have refused to act on POAs out of concerns for your customers. We obviously don't need or want you to include names or other personal identifying information about any individual cases. We simply need those examples to help add color to our general concerns. House Bill 1093 proposes pipeline special assessment fees as continuing priority liens. Brought by Representative Sean Bordeaux, Democrat from Mission, House Bill 1092 creates a pipeline liability fund, authorizes a special fee that would be billed to and paid by pipeline companies that would be used to defray administrative costs and extraordinary expenses associated with construction and operation of any pipeline carrying oil products. Provisions of this bill that might be of interest to creditors can be found in Section 9, which reads as follows. Any special fee billed under SDCL 34A-19-8, including any computed interest, is a continuing lien on all property owned by the pipeline company within this state until the total special fee is paid in full or otherwise finally resolved. The Secretary of the Department of Revenue shall file a notice of the lien describing the property against which the lien applies in the Office of the Register of Deeds in the county where the property is located. Upon the filing of notice under this section, the lien is attached to all property of the pipeline company within this state and has priority over all other claims or liens on the property. To the extent that these provisions cause concern for South Dakota's bankers, we need to hear from you. Mr. Kennecke and I will be prepared to carry those concerns to legislators. HB 1109 would revise the Uniform Limited Liability Company Act. Brought by Representative Tim Johns, Republican from LEAD, HB 1109 seeks to clarify state laws relating to potential personal liability on the part of a member or manager of a limited liability company for debts, obligations, or other liabilities of the LLC itself. We believe this bill may relate to a recent court case, SDIF Limited Partnership 2 versus 10 Texcota LLC. This case stems from the development of the Deadwood Mountain Grand property in the northern Black Hills. This is a matter where 
civil litigation in federal court took a turn when Judge Kornman sua sponte certified a question regarding liability for personal guarantees to the state Supreme Court. The Supreme Court held oral arguments last April, but withheld any opinion when the parties settled the case. Mr. Kennecke and I urge members to have their bank's attorney review the language of HB 1109 and let us know quickly of any concerns. HB 1127 deals with appraisers conducting real property valuations. Representative Roger Chase, a Republican from Huron, introduced this bill at the SDBA's request. Our objective is to reinforce the FFIEC's regulatory guidance regarding the conduct of evaluations and appraisals of real property. Questions came to the SDBA this past summer regarding whether appraisers could be involved in any way with something other than a USPAP-compliant appraisal. The intent of HB 1127 is to define real property evaluation in state law and to make it clear that appraisers who are certified, licensed, or registered under SDCL Chapter 36-21B can prepare real property evaluations. In a companion bill, HB 1126 relates to real estate brokers conducting real property evaluations. Trying to clear up any possible regulatory uncertainty, Representative Chase also decided to introduce this companion bill in the form of HB 1126. This measure makes it clear that real estate brokers licensed under South Dakota law have the authority to prepare real property evaluations. Both of these measures are permissive in nature. They do not mandate that appraisers or real estate brokers must prepare evaluations. From the banking industry's perspective, decisions regarding who to hire and what process to follow in estimating the market value of property will be left in the hands of bankers and their customers. Shifting quickly to some updates on previous bills, SB SB 45 seeks to transfer duties and functions of the value-added finance authority. Brought by GOED, this bill shifts oversight responsibility for several loan programs which have been overseen by the value-added finance authority since 1986 to the South Dakota Economic Development Finance Authority. This bill was lightly amended on the Senate floor on Tuesday and subsequently was approved by the full Senate by a vote of 29 to 5. The bill now heads across the Capitol Rotunda to the House of Representatives. House Bill 1062 deals with the, the concept of financial empowerment. Brought at the request of State Treasurer Josh Hader, HB 1062 directs that, quote, the State Treasurer shall support the development of and promote curricula to increase the financial empowerment of state residents, unquote. Funding for such efforts would come strictly from private sources. During Wednesday's initial hearing on this bill in, in the House Education Committee, Mr. Hader pushed for increasing the state treasurer's involvement in the financial literacy arena, citing concerns about levels of credit card and student loan debt in South Dakota and across the nation. He also pointed to the results of a wallet hub survey comparing 17 metrics 
of financial health across the 50 states. And, and their results indicated that South Dakota ranked 43 out of 50 in terms of overall financial preparedness of its citizens. He also testified about an American Public Education Foundation analysis that gave South Dakota a failing grade for financial literacy and financial preparedness of our citizens. SDBA did not take a position for or against House Bill 1062. That said, I am sharing information with legislators about the support that South Dakota's banks and bankers provide for financial literacy training through programs like Junior Achievement of South Dakota and through bank sponsorship of EverFi programs across our state. In a bit of a surprise move, the prime sponsor of House Bill 1062, Representative Carl Perry from Aberdeen, shared a message from the treasurer during a brief discussion about the bill on Thursday afternoon just prior to adjournment of the House. Treasurer Hader wanted Representative Perry to inform legislators that he had discovered a different avenue to pursue his financial literacy training passion, one that did not require enacting a new law. By a margin of 62 to 4, members of the House quickly voted to table House Bill 1062. I'm going to conclude this report with one more shameless promotion and reminder to register for our annual State Legislative Day in Pier on February 12th. Let there be food and drink for my bankers and our elected officials. As always, please let me know if you have any questions or concerns, and I want you all to have a great weekend.